Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Well, you know what? I mean, okay, first and foremost, for our listeners, I guess we're kind of a little bit into the show here. So, um, quick trade uh, to announce between the Dragons and the Buccaneers. Uh, The Bucs get my fifth round entry draft pick coming up next year. And I end up getting my hands on Vitek uh, Vanacek. Now, I mean, the crux of this for me, uh, I think is pretty simple. If, I mean, everybody's you know, keeping an eye on their own team. It's not like they're going over to the Dragons and figuring everything out over there. But, I mean, a quick look at my team, and you see, of course, uh, Campbell and Talbot have arguably shit the bed (laughs) the past, like, couple (laughs) of months here. So, of course, I mean, and I'm not not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, you're well-versed in this league and how it works and kind of the ebbs and flows of it. So, you know, with two weeks kind of left here to do any kind of tinkering to your squad like i mean i just kind of i just kind of wanted to get it and i you text your brother kind of texted today and mentioned that it was a nice get and i was like you know i'm happy with it obviously i mean i'm happy with the situation he's in in washington and everything but i mean it's it's definitely more of an insurance play i mean could it definitely come in into play absolutely but uh you know just in case either campbell or talbot can't find some footing here yeah, and I mean, like, and when I say some footing, is if they can just kind of give you some average goaltending, they're both on teams, Toronto and Minnesota. That, you know, you figure they're gonna at least get you the win. Like, I don't really care about, you know, as long as they're getting me two points. I don't care if your goals against average is three. Keep getting me the two points. The problem is when you're not getting me the two points. So, just figure yeah. to go out there and kind of get it done, just to get a little bit of insurance <coughs> for the stretch run here. And boy, oh boy, I tell you, things could. <laughs> Things could be getting even tighter in our championship race. Is that even I, possible? Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Is that even possible? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, listen. My, my dad even mentioned it today when I when I was talking to him over at his place. Just one second, your beer. Mm. I like beer. Um, he mentioned. That he's like, oh, you know, you're gonna beat Joel this week. First of all, I don't think I'm gonna beat. I don't think nothing's in the bag right now. I, I think going well, into tonight, I was feeling a little bit confident, but then I, I double-checked, and I'm only up by five, but he's got two goalies tonight. I don't think I come out tonight. Um, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm now up by eight. Okay, looking better. Um, you know, Pavelski, well, there actually, it is. Tarasenko, you're actually up, yeah. You're actually up by nine, because if you head down to the bottom of the page, Huso's got you a point in overtime he played today. Oh, it's overtime. Okay, so I'm up by now. Okay, so yeah. you know, unless Joel gets um, Vasilevsky and Leonard, a couple of shutouts from those two, I I should win tonight. All that being said, I'm standing pat. Uh, writing's on the wall. I still don't believe in my team. <laughs> I still don't think. Dude, I don't think I'm this is the year. You. This isn't the year. Hey, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, Brigand's going on like a nine-game winning streak here. Like, they're just going to start mowing everybody down. But, I mean, 
heck, I mean, I'm looking at your team right now here, and okay, so right now you have a nine-point lead. Uh, looking down at the goaltenders, I believe Vasilevsky does play for your brother today. Yes. Um, at, at last check, I don't know if uh, Laner was playing, but that could go 50-50. It is Ottawa, so you could potentially see Brossois playing that game. So True. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But, I'm checking but, right um, now. I mean, you I'm do... checking right now. Still I mean, Leonard projected. Had... It's still just Leonard projected. Okay. okay. We don't know. <clears throat> I mean, none, none of the game, you know, and maybe in seasons past, we could have said, okay, this game and potentially the game between your dad and uh, and Tom, the Bucks and the Demons, was pretty much cinched up. But the problem is, is if you have a couple of defensemen on the roster that night, Nate, like for case in point, I think your dad had a goal from Krug and a goal from Hamilton uh, yeah. this afternoon. So, I mean, that isn't just two points. That's double. So that's four. Yeah. So you can really <clears throat> things can really start to move here. So as much True. as we'd like to kind of call a couple of games, uh, really all <laughs> games as it stands right now are potentially still open for Up a flip. Here. So, yeah. yeah. So as much as we'd love to give you some updated standings, not happening today, folks. But what I would like to do, because I think this is interesting, because um, it's, it's a bit of an insight on how things can work in the league and whatnot. So <clears throat> over the weekend, I went to Montreal, a little fa mini family vacation. Uh, my son's birthday kind of parlayed that into seeing some people I hadn't seen in a while. So, And their daughter had a birthday as well. So kind of all flowed in together. But right as soon as I got there, actually, there's two things I want to mention. <laughs> First thing I want to mention is that everybody in my family has noticed that every time we're in the truck, you start texting me. <laughs> it always comes up on the screen. Mike Willette. Mike Willette. Mike okay. Willette. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> don't take this personally. Don't stop doing it, please. We all enjoy it now. It's now a thing. Okay. okay. Perfect. <laughs> so we love it. And my my wife is always like, what's going on? Like, what? Like, why is he always texting? Do you guys talk this much? I'm like, yeah, we legitimately do. There's a lot going on and we, we like each other. So we do talk a lot. So it's all good. But anyways, but so when I got there, when I got to Montreal, literally as soon as I, we pulled into the first spot that we were, it was a shopping spot, Catholic uh, Discount. If you haven't been there, you should go there. It's really awesome. Um, I get a text from you, and you're you want to trade. So what I'm what I'm getting at is I kind of want to. Do you want to hammer out a trade right now online? It'll be part of the show. No, I'm mean, interested. Listen, in this. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, as far I mean, I know you had to take the weekend to kind of think about it or wrap yeah. your head around it. I was, yes. I was getting, I was getting the feeling, if only because we kind of mentioned the same player, kind of going back to you, who would That's be right. Nick Ehlers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I kind of figured it was just a matter of hammering around details, but I didn't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah. But I mean, <clears throat> listen, I mean, if, if we're kind of going to go over it a little bit here, I'll, I'll, I'll say this quickly. So, proposed trade here is Joe Pavelski goes from the Rians to the Dragons. Going back the other way would be Nick Ehlers. And I think we kind of hammered out an eighth round entry draft. Well, so hammered out would here. be you make... offered, and I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know if I would consider so, that hammered yeah. out as much as you just said a number, and I didn't say a word. Because <laughs> okay, I'll say so, this. So I will again, say this. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> No, 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 no. I was just going to say for our listeners, uh, Marty did mention to, uh, when I did approach him in regards to this particular player, um, he did mention a player in a pick. So obviously, as you just heard, we kind of uh, came to the same conclusion on the player who would be Nick Ehlers. Um, now, as for the pick, just so everybody, you know, full transparency, full transparency here for everybody out there listening. 
Um, I did mention to Marty, I said, well, you know, listen, I don't have a problem with it being a player, but if you're looking for a pick too, it's going to be a late pick. Like I'm not giving anything like a fourth or a fifth round here. So it's going to be something a little bit later. So we, and, and here we are folks. That's right. So, and I thought, that's why I thought I like this concept of doing it as part of the show, because it, it, I want this to kind of be like, um, I look into how both of us work it, without giving away too much, obviously, because we don't. We're still in the league. We're still trying to stay competitive. So, so let's let's try to let's try to go through, through this a little bit. <clears throat> and what I will say right off the top here, okay? After today, you're you're the number one team in the league, okay? Yes, sir. So, and this it's funny too well, because we'll we see, don't we'll see. I, I, listen, oh, I, we'll I, see. I, I, stop I, it! I'm sore. Dude, Worst case uh, scenario, you're tied. Worst case scenario, you're tied. I have, I have a seven-point lead against against Ryan, and he has he basically has all of his games being played at seven and later. So as much okay. as I, like, look, uh, I'm not certainly not trying to play that game, but in all reality, like all he needs is a couple of his defensemen or a defenseman to score True. one goal, maybe. Well, l- listen, like I was telling Sylvie this this morning there, she was kind of you know harping on me doing all my homework and all that kind of stuff, but hey, it's got to be done right. That's right. Um, no, no, no. Actually, she's really great with this. Super supportive. By the way, folks, so, by, by, by the well way, done. Sylvia is my girlfriend. Super, super supportive in regards to the podcast. Wonderful and woman. Do, and, doesn't, and doesn't mind me doing any kind of homework. So back there to the homework itself. <laughs> so like I was telling her, I mean, if a defenseman in, in our league now, let's say they have a decent night and they potted a couple of goals with an assist. That would have been an amazing night for us, like in years past, would have been super happy with it and everything. But with our new scoring system, that can be super, super uh, um, uh, turning point for any kind of a game during week, depending on how close the matchup is. I mean, two goals and an assist, you're looking at a five-point night for a defenseman, which, as we both know, is the equivalent to a shutout for a goaltender, which is the biggest swing we can have in our league. That's the... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Most points we can get in one shot with any kind of a player as our goaltenders. So now with the defenseman, you have the opportunity to uh, to have something like that happen. Uh, I mean, God, hell, can you imagine a defenseman going off for a hat trick, six point night? Like, so wow. there's our swings that really can happen. Yep. So I mean, th- that's kind of what it comes down to there. I certainly don't know if I'm. That's what it comes yet, down but... to for you. Yes. That's not what it comes down to for me, because let's be real here, okay? Okay, we're being you, real. Again, again, even yeah, here we go. Even even if you do happen to somehow lose t- tonight, which as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned is a bit of a stretch. I'm not buying you're okay. losing tonight. But let's say you lose All tonight. Right. Doesn't matter. Okay. You're still tied. You're still worst case scenario, you're still tied for first with Tom because Tom has lost this week. Tom is not winning this week. My dad has clearly beat him. It's 43-32. See Fini. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't even think either of them have goalies. Yeah. Oh, no. Anderson is actually injured now. So things are not looking good. Uh, Oranger is actually about to win tonight if he's playing. I'm not sure. And then Hellebuck is playing against New York Rangers. Anyways, it's over. Okay. So that means Tom is now going to be in the standings. He's going to be 12 and 6. Let's say, worst case scenario, you lose. You're 12 and 6. You're still tied for him. But you've got the, uh, you got the, 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 um, the tiebreaker in goals yeah. four. Okay, so yeah. that you're still ahead. So what I'm getting at is with Pavelski, that I mean, I'm giving you in my own division one of the best players, one of the top. He's he's in the top. I think he's in the top twenty right now. Um, he this week he's gotten four points. He just got he just got two points tonight. So far, the game is still going on. <clears throat> Let's face it, Pavelski all year long. I was hoping you were going to notice that. 
<laughs> this is a player that 100% has overachieved this year. Nobody expected this from, from him this year. He's on the back end of his career. But for some reason or another, this year he's playing very well. He's got 57 points in 54 games. He's on pace for 85 and 81. So if I give that kind of a player to you, and what was, that's fine. I can, I, can, I can make this trade because I'm not against it. And I'm not against receiving... Ehlers at all, but he's is is he's not still injured right now? No, he came back uh, last game, <laughs> scored an assist. Uh, okay. Of course, of course, playing tonight. Uh, you're looking at a guy with, if I'm not mistaken, 26 and 35. I think, yeah, yeah 26 and 35. Right. The funny thing about him, too, is I used to have him. And when I didn't protect him, or so was there a trade between you and I before? To, is that how he ended up on well, your team? I know how we got on your team was um, we made a deal. Gensel came my way, and Saros and Ehlers went your way. That's can't remember right. if there were pi- can't remember if there were picks involved, but those were the main pieces, though. Yeah, okay. And then I didn't protect him. He didn't do so well. You went back and you got him, and he actually had a very good year that that year, if not the year after. But he ended up with forty six and forty seven with twenty one goals. So, anyways, what I'm getting at is <clears throat> I don't mind taking Ehlers. Either, sorry, for, for Pavelski. I do mind taking an eighth. I don't think it's enough. Just because I think I'm giving you, I'm essentially giving you one of the best pieces for it, even if it's just on your bench. But most likely, Pavelski gets into your starting lineup. To give you somebody in your starting lineup that is at above a point a game to receive a player who's going to be most likely, if not on my bench, if he is in my starting lineup, he is well below a point-of-game player. I need, at the minimum, something that I've lost, which is, I think, the fifth or fourth. I can't remember which one I've lost because I've lost a lot of picks. I don't do well with picks. (laughs) I pretend they don't matter, but they really do. (laughs) So that's where I'm at. So that's where you're at. So you're looking at a fifth. Um, Okay. So, and just for folks out there, I mean, one of the things that, at least on on my end, like I I certainly try and, you you want both people to feel good about a deal. So as much as, listen, I I think I I speak for everyone. We're all competitive out there. You want to win a trade. You want to feel like you won the trade. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody wants to feel like they won the trade. But you also want both parties to feel good. So one of, the, especially when it comes to picks, I do tend to look at what the individuals do need or where it would kind of help them. So one, <laughs> and I mention all of that because when I did mention the eighth, um, which is which is fine, I can move off the eighth. So we can certainly talk about that, no problem whatsoever. Um, but I know that you. I believe, where did I get? 24-25, I think, is the year that I was mentioning. So is that still work for you, 24-25? Yep. Yeah, that still works for me. Yep. <clears throat> so in that case, uh, yes. Then we, um, then I suppose we would have ourselves a trade, sir. Yeah. We would have the potential of a trade. Because so there might be somebody else who wants Pavelski just as much as you do. And so I have... Enough. <clears throat> that's right so i have essentially a deal but i need to take this deal to the other owner and ask him if potential or her <laughs> Won't even. if they, <laughs> if they would potentially like to offer me something better because i need to play all assets here because i know it, it, it's not it's sorry i shouldn't say i know 
I have a strong feeling that I am not going to be where I want to be by the end of this season. So if, if that's the case, I have to start acting as such. I need to start putting things in line so that next year I'm better, right? So if I can get Ehlers and a fifth from you, that's great. That's the proposed trade, and that's fine. I'm going to put that on pause. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to ask this other person. <laughs> and if I can get maybe the same type of caliber player, but a fourth, then obviously that makes more sense for me. So I need to, I need to make sure I'm being careful here because at the end of the day right now, I'm doing you a favor. I, you're, you're not winning with Ehlers. You're not. But you could win with Pavelski. Oh. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing, right? I know I, I know I had just said that I wouldn't be giving you like a fifth or anything like that. Only re yeah. only reason I said that is I actually did think it was in an earlier year, so I was like, no, I'm not okay. going that high. But but okay. no, no, but th th this is good because it'll it'll explain to our listeners a little bit, kind of you yeah. know, with, again without giving too much away. Like, listen, That's right. I, obviously, I'm. I don't know if I could be in any more kind of like win now mode because if I'm yeah. not in if not if I'm not in win now mode right now, then I'm kind of doing my team some disservice to be honest with you. Yes. So, I mean, just, um, I, I I'll have you give your comments after this, but for our listeners, basically, the way I kind of see this is okay. And you're right, like Ehlers is definitely not someone that. I mean, we could go through the through the website itself. How many times have I actually addressed him this week? Plus, it's a player that I wouldn't necessarily be keeping because of who I have on my squad. So, Marty would be moving off from Pavelski again, not taking anything away from him. You're looking at a point of game guy. We all know mm -hmm. what the guy's been doing. We all know what the guy's been doing. You basically yeah. put him in your lineup. He's got a three game week. You basically get three points. Done deal. Moving on to the next week. In yeah. regards to Ehlers, what it certainly does for you <laughs> is. One, the fifth rounder, let's just get that out of the way. You start to acquire some draft capital yeah. again. D uh, yes, it's down the road, which, uh, which you know, obviously that's where I, I, I'm, I'm sh maybe speaking for you a bit here, Marty, but this is where you would be kind of like, okay, like I'd love to have it earlier, but I'll just take the pick because it's draft capital moving forward. Yeah. It helps me out a little bit because I'm not giving away too much as I continue to push for a championship over the next few years. Yeah. And... Ehlers, yep, like we can certainly say right now, he is definitely not a point-of-game player such as Pavelski, but I think we can probably both agree, definitely a nice a, a nice piece in regards, how can I put this? Yes, you're looking at making sure that you're moving forward with what you think your team is going to do, mm -hmm. but at the same time through this trade and with the potential to win this week, and move up again in the standings, you're not hurting yourself with acquiring said player, this player being yeah. Ehlers, because it's not, it's not, a, you're not going from a guy that's getting you a point a game to a guy that's getting you 0.25 points a game. You know what I mean? No. Like this is a yeah. guy that's more in that kind of 0.68, maybe, maybe a 0.75. I mean, in the right situation, I think we can both agree this guy may, Ehlers could be potentially be a 75, 80 point player. He could, he absolutely. Just, he just, he just needs to get on that first line and get more exposure to that first power play. Now, having what said I, all of that, he's not that right now. So you no. certainly can't equate it that way, which is where the pick comes into play. Yeah, and, and again, if I'm if I am, and I have been the last three weeks, I've been saying that I I feel the writing's on the wall. I'm not going to win this year, and it, it is what it is. If that is the case, then I this is the kind of thing that makes sense for me because I'm thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about necessarily this year. All the while, not necessarily completely giving up on this year either. If I've got a bit of hope, 
then Ehlers is the kind of guy that for a trade like this, because obviously I'm not going to protect, I'm not planning on protecting Pavelski, um, even though he has really done very well this year. Yeah. It's too much of an outlier for to believe that this is who he is at this stage in his career. He's 37 yeah. years old. This is the first time he's been uh, at above a point a game in. I'm just trying. Oh my goodness! Well, okay. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, ever forever. This would be his best year ever. <laughs> This this is ridiculous to say that. So that's another reason why I need to cash in on this because it's such a special year. And only only teams like Joel's, yours, and Tom's can really would be the, the ones I'd be trading to because any none of you guys would be protecting him starting next year. And... Yeah. I, I'm saying all this and I'm realizing, you know what? This is the exact kind of person I should be keeping on my team because he should retire on my team just like Rast did and other players might. <laughs> but anyways, all that, asi- <clears throat> all that aside is I, I wasn't planning on protecting him, so might as well get what I can out of him. And the, the only teams that are gonna, I'm going to be able to do that with is you, my brother, like I said, you, my brother, and Tom. So this is something that makes a lot of sense going forward. Ehlers makes a lot of sense for me because it, <clears throat> it gets me younger which is an issue in my team right now because I believe he's only, what, 25 years old, something like that, 26? 25 or 26. I think it's 26. (laughs) So that's that's great because my average age right now on my team is above 30. Um, So maybe there's something there for me to consider because he's only been in the league for so long and he's so so much more promise. Uh, And last year, he, he actually showed what he could do. This year's been a weird year for all of Winnipeg. So maybe this is just another one of those, you know, coaching change midway through the season, that kind of thing. So maybe next year he comes out a lot stronger and a lot better. And you're right. Everybody in Winnipeg has been just like begging for whatever coach to just put him on the first line. Uh, when you start putting him on the first line, you start seeing what he can actually do. And it's true. When you reward him with minutes, he does reward you with points. So maybe that's what's coming down the line. So having that and having an extra pick, you know, there's a benefit there for me. So it, it does make sense. Um, just let's put him aside for a second. Would you be willing to trade two or possibly three picks? No player. Um, Uh well, no, I, I, the, the, the player itself, I, I would, I would want the player in the deal. I mean, in all reality, no, no, no. I mean, oh, sorry. You would want Ehlers to be traded. Well, because you're asking, like, would you do a trade for just picks coming back my way? No, no, no. I give you, oh, okay. I give you Pavelski, and you give give me only picks. You can keep Ehlers, but just give me some picks, and I don't want any other player. Would that be another type of trade you'd be interested in doing? Well, to be honest with you, I'm pretty comfortable with the the, the structure that we have of, of okay. right now. To be honest with you, okay. because okay. as it stands as it stands right now, I have to get rid of a player. Right. Um, like I, I, I don't, I won't mention the player on, on, uh, on air just in case there is a potential to, to, to trade. Sure. Um, That's fine. but, um, but, which I will talk to you about probably off air after the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Hey, listen, listen, folks, we can't give everything. Not everything. Okay, man? No, like for no. God's sakes. 
Jeez. No, but I thought, but I thought this would be really interesting though, just in the process, just talking it out like this. Because also, it's interesting for me because I don't know about you, but for me, it's like normally this is all done through text, right? So there's a lot of the nuances that are kind of lost, yeah. and there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of things that are getting picked up as well as this because I, I feel like, oh, is there tension? Did I did I cross a line with him? Did I say something wrong? Maybe did I insult no, him by saying that's not good enough? <laughs> no, no, abs absolutely not. No, I, I mean, and I think it's yeah. fun for our listeners because in, in all like. Yeah. When you comb over this really quickly at at the damn it at the end of the at day. At the end of the day. <laughs> That's why I got the damn it. Okay. So <laughs> at the end of it all. Ah. Basically what you have is Marty would be taking a hit when, when you go through the stats, when you kind of take yeah. everything into consideration. What comes into play for him is maybe he's missing out on a little bit of draft capital, which I do know that he is. So the fifth yep. rounder down the road does help him a little bit in regards to, yep. yes, just plotting another pick into that round. Yep. Um, while, and again, like like you said, Marty, you're base, yes, you're taking a hit. You, you, it's, it wouldn't even necessarily be a lateral move. It would be a small hit. But because mm -hmm. of the player that you're getting back, because of where he's at, because of the potential. So there's mm -hmm. there's some, I'll call them extenuating circumstances that begin to um, massage the trade to a, to a point where both Ooh. individuals are are, are comfortable with that. Because mm -hmm. like, I, like Marty says, I wouldn't be keeping Fabelski. I'm looking to just add a guy that, can, that I can kind of put in, you know, on a week where maybe he has more games played or, uh, you know, an injury potentially. Uh, you know, uh, case in point, Zuccarello's had a couple of injuries here and yeah. has missed some games over the last little while. Does, it, does he potentially go down for a couple of weeks? Boom, if I, ha if I end up acquiring him, <clears> you throw <throat> Pavelski in there. And again, Marty on his side can, can, can kind of throw in Ehlers again. It, it, yes, there isn't that, okay, I can basically, you know, garner a point, a game from this guy. It's not too much of a hit. You're probably going from a point a game to more of a 0.75 guy at the current mm -hmm. moment with the potential for more. And of yeah. course, like we, like we keep saying the draft capital down the road, you end up getting that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of times, and even in our league, we'll have managers that'll be like, geez, I really wonder what was going on there. That doesn't seem yeah. fair. Or, geez, some guy yeah. smoked another guy in regards to the deal. But a yeah. lot of times, it, it a lot of times it is timing and or True. There's, there's just a fit or something that that individual is willing to, to go with, take a small hit in your case. Let's put yeah. it that way. You know, sure. and again... I hate saying taking a hit, really. Like, yes, you are. I mean, in point production, you are flat out. But there are some, you know what I mean? Like, there's. I think you are. I think there's a bigger an story. Team. In terms of it, yeah, exactly. In terms of taking a hit, there's bigger. Uh, there's something bigger there that I would think some of the owners might. <clears throat> no one's going to make a stint about it. If someone, if we were to do this trade, no one would really be like, oh, no, 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 this not trade. At all. No, not at yeah. all. This is a fair trade. There'd be nothing wrong with that. But yeah, yeah, there would be, there would definitely be a, a, a consideration to the fact that I'm trading within the same division. I'm making the top team in my division better. hundred percent. There's no yeah. debating that. Pavelski will make you that much stronger and you're already strong enough to win it. But I would be giving you sort of a solidified um, championship. I would almost be handing you a championship by doing this trade. It, it's, that could be an argument. Anything can happen. There's still eight weeks left. Anything can happen. Hell, I could trade Pavelski. He gets injured tomorrow. He's out for the season. Ehlers gets bumped to the first line. All of a sudden, I'm number one. That can happen. 
And that's actually not even that outlandish to suggest. Uh, no, no, so especially, uh, especially with the especially with the way the matchups are looking right now, if nothing's finished, but if things stay the way they are, I mean, dude, you're you're still too. I think two I'm still in there out, out for me. So 100, percent yeah, absolutely. I mean, at at the end of the day, I think. You, I mean, maybe I'm looking at it too much from my point of view, but you correct me if I'm wrong. It would almost be a way for the brigands to kind of say, okay, I'll take a small hit in point production, knowing that I, I, I think I have enough on my team to be able to weather that, that dip and at the same time acquire draft capital, just like that. So That's it's, exactly it's kind it. Of, it's yeah. kind of a way That's for my you to perspective. Say, it's kind of a way for you to say, okay, I may slide off of one, potentially up to two points a week, depending depending yeah yep. uh keeping in mind what what healers could provide and yeah. at the same time you're like okay boom just like that just by making a one-for-one -for -one deal i end up getting a pick out of it boom just like that's that. the thing so because so i've also got verana potentially coming back very soon so if verana all of a sudden becomes a one point a night player which he absolutely was before he got injured last season he, he could be that filler yeah i've just replaced yep, Mavelski. Yep. there's no issue there didn't take much of a hit in Ehlers and the fifth round. And the fifth round, and, exactly. And, so I got younger. So there's there's an argument for that too. And that's why I don't mind having this conversation because trust me, a lot of people have asked me about Pavelski uh, throughout the season and have wanted a piece of Pavelski. So I'm not just going to go to the one owner. I might go to the other one as well and say like, listen, this is, you know, this, this, this could be happening. Do you still seriously want this player or not? So, but this for me is leverage. That's what I'm trying to get. <clears throat> get the most oh, out of I, what I, I have. I can, I can very well see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can very well see that. Yeah, 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 I bet you can. So yeah, so it makes sense. Uh, it does make sense. On paper, the trade looks like it makes sense. But again, I'm going to use my leverage. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's what smart owners do. I don't know that I've ever really done it uh, in, in public like this before, yeah, um, no, it's but it's weird. good. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy I introduced this concept, but I think this might be the last time. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're moving on uh, along the boards. Um, yeah, let's do it. There's, there's a team you like there, there dude. Okay. Hold on a second. <laughs> but you gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta crank this up here a little bit. Cause it's going to be okay. a bit of a passion, a bit of a passionate episode, because Ooh. I'm really going off on on, on something later on, and I'll I'll wait. Okay. I don't want to give it away just yet, but okay. what I want to go off on a little bit first, and I, I you know what, I think it's a little bit of fandom, and and I think you realize that whenever we talked a little bit about uh, the previous incarnation of the Carolina Hurricanes, that being the Hartford Whalers, uh, okay, yeah, yeah mm. I'm uh, there's a little loving. I think love. Uh, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think there's a little <laughs> loving. They they are absolutely my favorite jerseys without question. Anytime you see any of those questions on Twitter, what's the best vintage yeah. jersey? Quebec, whatever, Minnesota. This yeah, Nordics, for me, it's, yeah. for me, it's for me. I, I love them. I love them all. But I just I can never go away from that fucking forest green man. I just there's can't do it, I, I, dude. I love yeah. it. I love I love the brass bonanza goal goal horn song. I love that. Yeah. We I will need to talk to you. Please remind me. I need to talk. I'll put to it you in. I'll put it. Oh, buddy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, 
I can't wait. I can't wait. But you knew you knew where I was going. You knew it. You knew it. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. so, so listen, a, a little bit of a love in here with the Hartford Whalers. So you know what? With it being such a balanced team and just such a really fun team to watch. Yeah. I, I know we've talked about them, you know, more than other teams, you know, here and there throughout the, the year. But a deep dive on this team this week, the Carolina Hurricanes, folks. So you're looking at a team. Right now, 55 games played, 38 wins, 12 losses, 5 in overtime, 81 points on the year, a 736 points percentage, which I believe, I think is second in the league to only Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Well, um, yeah, because they won last, no, because yeah. they got the one point last night. I think so that I think, was the yeah. difference maker. Or they have the so one I extra think, win, something like that. I think they're second. I think they're second. But either way, you're looking at a team with 187 goals for and 132 against. So, a couple of stats here, Marty, to whet your appetite a little bit. Goals for per games played, 340. They're eighth in the league, eighth league wide. Uh, so that's basically kind of how you know how many goals you're scoring per game. So goals against per games played, they're sitting at 240, which is first in the league. So they're if you want to look at it that way, they're the best defensive team in the league. Uh, power play, you're looking at 25.2, which is sixth in the league. And their penalty killing is 89.3, first in the Jeez. league. So super, super balanced. Like That's one thing I noticed right off the bat. All major categories, top 10, not even a question. Like They're solidly in there. And like I say, what I got from this is they're a super, super balanced team. This is a team that can throw out all four uh, forward lines. Uh, now, of course, that, that fourth line, you know, like any kind of fourth line could potentially give up a goal here and there, but it's pretty solid, not bad. Um, you've got it. In my personal opinion, you have a stout, if unspectacular, defense. Like, there's nobody who jumps off the page. A Jacob Slavin isn't jumping off the page, or an Ethan Bear, or any of that, those guys down. Okay, maybe D'Angelo gets a little bit in the offensive yeah, category. But, they're, you know, it's just it's kind of a no-name defense down there. They're first yeah. in goals, goals against per games played, and they're first in penalty killing. So, obviously, something's going on right uh, defensively down there. Not just first I mean, in penalty, they're they're up by four, almost full five points. Uh, so to the next best, which is San Jose, which is weird. Um, but yeah, like they're not just first, like they're they're, and I wouldn't say they're running away with it either. But they own that position, like it's not close. So I just like for me, it's just you kind of you're looking at it and you're like, okay, so the four lines are going to roll that in the playoffs. The defense, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that top 6D against just about anybody. Yes, there's yeah. maybe a couple better teams out there, but I'll throw it out there, all six of them. Um, yep. You know, and, and then on top of that, you've got two great goaltenders. Like, let's oh, say that something major happens with Anderson. Now, look, I'm not trying to say that uh, Rantanen <clears throat> is a world beater, but does he have oh, to be no. with that team, right? So that's why I'm saying you got two quality guys. I mean, you've got a coach that is, uh, I'm sorry, this guy is going to hold everybody. Like, if the players aren't holding themselves accountable as is, uh, the coach will do it for you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> like, yeah. one way or the other, there's accountability up and down that lineup. No yeah. issues whatsoever there. It'll be interesting to see how this kind, how things kind of play out here for this team over the uh, the deadline. Like, I know they've been kind of linked up to a little bit to Klingberg in regards to defense. So I don't know if they're going to make a big move there. But what I can tell you is they, they've got the wherewithal to do it. I mean, they've got the pieces, both prospects and picks. So, I mean, they're in good shape there. If there's anything that they really, really feel they need, I don't know, maybe yeah. they even take a run at uh, Jacob Chikrin 
So I mean, they're you know who knows who knows with this team, they, they've they've thrown some <laughs> some wrenches into the plans before. Caught Kinyemi, like I mean, nobody saw that coming or anything. So <laughs> yeah. who who knows what can come up with that, right? But I mean, either way for me, it, it's a super exciting team to watch, and it does look like they're going to be a massive massive uh, uh, out when it comes playoff time for sure. Look, this is where we're at. Okay, we've got a certain tier of of teams in this league and and at the end of the day this is what it is it's carolina florida tampa and colorado those are the teams right those are the ones that have pretty much separated themselves from the rest of the pack at one point or another you can take any one of those teams and you'd say they were the best team in the league you could say there was a top two at some point but at, at some point either it'd be tampa florida or colorado at some point they've fallen off of that but the one that's always been in there it's always carolina if there's a top two conversation carolina has always been in that top two conversation and that's their best asset is consistency and that comes from rob brindamore straight through like it, it's really amazing what he's been able to do with this team. Honestly, they've got they've had talent for years, and they've always been relatively pretty good, and 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 sort of always in in the conversations, at least in the top tens. But this year, it seems like they've really taken it to the next level. Their consistency has become more consistent, if that makes any sense. Um, but it, you know, even though okay, I'm gonna get into a little bit of stats. It didn't start out this way for them. They lost actually. They won the first game. They beat Tampa. But then they they followed it up with losing the next three games. Uh, they lost to Tampa and then back to back to Nashville. But after that, they're only that, I would say that's actually their only blemish. After that, they went on a tear of winning their next nine in a row, allowing a total of thirteen goals in that stretch. That's nothing. They've only lost three. They've actually never lost three in a row again since. So they only did it once so far this year, and that was at the beginning of the season. If that doesn't spell consistency, I don't know what does. Like, this is literally a team who's just gone out and figured it out and said, listen, this is the plan. Roll it out every single night. Stop worrying about it. They have a winning record every single month, even the including the one where they lost three in a row, which would have been their worst stretch. They ended up winning nine in a row after that. So they still have, a, I think their worst one is November. They went seven and six, still above 500. There's nothing about this team that they haven't figured out internally. They've got it all figured out. This is as much of an actual team as you can hope for. A system of players buying into it night in and night out. The cogs are turning. The coach knows just where to add the grease. And then let's just let the machine do its thing. Like, it's it's really an impressive thing as a fan. Not that I necessarily grew up as a fan of the Carolina Hurricanes, but definitely a fan of the Hartford Whalers. Um and, but it's not something that, you know, I, I hung that team in my bedroom or anything like that. But seeing this team, I've always been a fan of Rob Brindamore. Um, I just, there's something about this team that I'm, I'm, I, I'm in. Like, I'm completely in, especially this year. This team, to me, just tells you exactly what can be, what can come from um, a system where uh, its players believe in, and more than that, believe in their coach who's selling the system. I mean, uh, you know, and, and I'll touch on Rod Brindamore. You were just talking about him. When you've got a guy, like, okay, for, first of all, the guy is super respected in the game, right? Like, I mean, as yeah. a player, as a player coming from other players, <clears throat> there was a great respect there. So that continues on into yeah. his, his coaching days. And I'm not quite sure what positions he held before uh, being head coach of the Hurricanes, but irregardless yeah. this is where we're at right now 
Those yep. that guy, that guy gets on the ice, gets into the weight room, and does exactly what these guys do, if not yeah. better, on a daily basis. So, <laughs> listen, you and I, neither one of us played professionally. But we both know that there's that pressure, right? If you see a coach yeah. or if you see one of the uh, assistant coaches on the bike or whatever, and and you're kind of not on it, you're, you're saying to yourself, do I need to get on the bike a little bit? You know what I mean? A little bit, so, little bit longer. <laughs> so listen, th- that alone with, with Brindamore and, and just the type of player he was, he brings that philosophy with the co- to his coaching. And I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. There is not a soul on that team that is not going to be held accountable first and foremost by the players themselves. And then if, if for whatever reason that's not happening, guess who's coming in to lay the hammer down. Uh So you don't want to listen. You don't want to listen to your teammates. Guess what? First of all, you're not playing. You're not playing because you're going to be listening to me now and you're out of the lineup. So he, he's not going to have anybody in that lineup. Who's not going to one hold themselves accountable. The team's going to hold them accountable and then the coach will. So like you're saying, it's a culture. It's a team thing throughout that whole lineup right now. And listen, I mean, I believe you used the word machine and I mean, aside maybe from Colorado, you know, and there are a few other teams here. Like Pittsburgh's not far behind, but it's it's just kind of I don't know if it's just kind of like an eye test or or a vibe or whatever. But I agree with you. Like it's that there's kind of this machine right now with them, and yeah. things just seem to be working really well. They got all the important pieces at all the important positions. If unspectacular, like I say, with the defense, they're getting it done, dude. First yeah. and penalty, like penalty all that First and goal. Like I mean. I don't care how spectacular or unspectacular it is. I mean, you go if it's in black and white data right there for you to look at. They're they're getting the job Win. done. So I mean, yep. it, they're in now. What I will say, and I want I, I want to let you touch upon it. That's going to be a tough division to come out of, man. That's going to be a real real tough division to get out of. They're well equipped. They're well equipped. But listen, there are. A couple of other teams that could easily push this this Carolina team as well if things were to fall in the right place. And I know there's one that you want to mention a little da- down the line here. I, it's just to mention Pittsburgh because I, I <laughs> maybe it's a little bit of civil uh, sibling rivalry, a little bit maybe because at the when we started this podcast, my brother came on and said I don't buy into the Pittsburgh thing. Well, look at where they are. Yes, they've got two games in hand, but they're four points behind Carolina. And when you're four points behind a team that we just finished saying is always in the conversation for tops in the league at worst top two, um, and you're only four points behind, given the constant injuries and, and, and just hurdles that they've had to jump over, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh to me is the most impressive team this year in the league just given what they've had to overcome. And they have that embodiment of a team as much as Carolina does as well. Um, and, I, and I say all this knowing full well that I didn't put them in my top four teams in the league um, when I just finished saying Tampa, Florida, um, Carolina, and Colorado. That's not Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh is right there, even if it doesn't feel like they're right there. But they're four points behind Carolina. They're actually... Sorry, four points behind Carolina, two points behind Florida, one point behind Tampa, and, well, Colorado. (laughs) Colorado's got 85. They're almost 10 points behind them. But my point is... We 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 hear a lot about these other teams. There's a lot of pumping of their tires. And I, I still find it weird that no one's... 
no one's really giving the love as much love as deserved. Because what a friggin' season for Pittsburgh. 34 and 14. They're 15 at home, but they're 19 and 6 on the road. And that's the best road that team to in the me league, is a, I think. I think they're the best road team in the league. Can you not can we not acknowledge how difficult it is to do something like that given the kinds of injuries that they've had? Not only have they had a lot of injuries, but they've had a lot of injuries to their star best players of Malkin, yeah. Latang, uh, Crosby for long stretches of time. Yet they have the best road record. How is yeah. this possible? And how is the coach not the clear winner for the Jack Adams? Like I don't there's not enough conversation about that. And I and I know I'm I'm partly hypocritical because I didn't put them in my top 4. Because I'm not I don't know if if there's enough there for them to be considered a top 4. It, it, only because <laughs> you have to assume at some point the wheel's going to fall off. Like it, it, this, this can't be real. I mean, although we're 57 games in, but I have to assume that by the time they reach the playoffs, for as hard as they push through the season, there's the bill will come due in the playoffs. And it won't work out for them the same way in the playoffs as it did in the season. So I do think that's where it catches up to them. Um, hopefully I'm wrong because I do like the Pittsburgh Penguins. I do like the team. This I do believe this this is most likely their last hurrah. I don't know if Malcolm really comes back after this year. This is the last year of his contract, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't think he finishes out the rest of his career in Pittsburgh. I think he ends his career in the KHL. But Lord knows what happens in the future. But for now, this is a team that at the very least I wouldn't want to face. But in this division, holy moly. I mean, you've got the Rangers still doing stuff out there. You got Washington you got to look out for as well. Yes. Although Washington is they Washington needs to do something. They're they're a bit wishy-washy right now. Um they've won back-to-back games great, but they lost three just before that. Ovechkin, yes, he had a good game last night, but he's been kind of hit or miss a lot lately. Um so I'm not I'm not too worried about Washington. But anyways, that, that's just my little spiel on Pittsburgh. Like a lot of love for Pittsburgh and what they've done over there. And I was I was super pleased to to know that you were going to be talking about Pittsburgh because I kind of feel the same way when it comes to the oh, Carolina okay. Hurricanes. Uh, I mean, listen, we've talked about it already this year. Carolina, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and Washington. Like you know, you're looking at a a, a really deep uh, uh, division here. Like any one of those four teams, yeah. we, you can make any argument today that any one of those four oh, teams yeah. can make it out of that that division. But the reason I I, I go back <clears throat> to Pittsburgh here is I agree with you 100 percent when it comes to 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 them uh, facing Carolina in, in a uh, in a playoff series, and and I don't. I, I've tried to figure out how to kind of quantify it. Like, you know, is it because of this? Is it because of this? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and and I think this, what, I'll, what I'll lean on the most is, first and foremost, I don't think they're getting a lot of love because of the injuries that they've had. So they haven't gone on this, like, you know, oh, my God, 13-game winning streak. Like, you know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh kind of thing. So they've had the injuries. Um, you talked True. about that already. I mean, and, and there's always that fear, I think, that if either Latang, Malkin, or Crosby get yeah. injured, that things kind of fall off. Well, yeah. this is what we do know about about Pittsburgh. They are where they are, 57 games played, 77 points. Like you mentioned, they're four points behind Carolina. <laughs> I, think, I think the experience that that club has, top to bottom, 
they've just been through the trenches, dude, so many times. And I think yep. that, I think when it comes down to, like, there may be other little things, you know, either me- part of the mental game or, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you can see them being better in one aspect uh, as compared to Carolina. But I, I keep going back to this whole kind of experience thing. And that would be something I think I would worry about if Pittsburgh ends up in a, in a series with Carolina. I still think if I'm if I'm giving my predictions, you know, I I still think that uh, Carolina could win that series. But I but I fully agree with you. There's that lurking kind of dark monster in Pittsburgh that let let's really call it what it is. Washington don't want to face him. The Rangers don't want to face him. Carolina sure. don't want to face him. And as sure as hell anybody from the Atlantic don't want to face him. It's yeah. just going to be one of those clubs where these guys could knock you out in four or five games, just as well as you they could. could, you know, just as well as you know maybe you could turn the the sides on. They're a little bit of a wild card for me. And I don't mean a wild card in, in 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 a bad way. Like I just no these these guys could grab the the, the reins and march to a, a conference final. For all I know, you know they, they still have, the, have that in them. They have the kind of moxie in them right now, as it stands, that yeah. they could disappoint a very strong team, and they could have several players be the lone reason why. Like a Tristan Jerry could easily be the reason. Like. It's very possible that they go into a playoff series and their their all-stars are flat, but Jerry carries them through. And then you get into the second round and then all of a sudden their stars start to wake up and Jerry doesn't have to be leaned on as much. So that's the kind of team that they are because they've done it before and they've been doing it all season that like you you can get away with a story like that and it would make sense like pittsburgh could have that kind of storybook championship season where they're like you know they came into the playoffs pretty weak they're actually on a losing streak but then all of a sudden jerry decided to take them on their shoulders and like that the rest is history like i could see that kind of storyline being written at the, at this point they're that kind of team but never count a team out that has sidney crosby of getting malkin even uh, Jeff Carter ha- at, at moments this year showed the kind of leadership that made him that great of a player when he was back in either Philly or Los Angeles because like, he's won a cup with Los Angeles. So he he's no slouch either. And he did that several times this year when Pittsburgh was trying to find, well, who do we turn to next? And Carter stepped up. But if, it, if that's not enough for you, how many times has Gensel done it? Um, and I believe Rodriguez at one point was leaned on pretty heavily. These players have actually been tested in such a way this year that there's a little bit of confidence behind them now. So it, it's they're not a team to be counted out by any means. But it, what's frustrating is I think they're also a team that if they were to just fizzle out in four games, you'd go, ah, well, it caught up to them. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then you would you know, just move on. Well, um, Marty, you and I have talked about this on numerous occasions. There's two things that you and I have talked about endlessly. One, when a makeup of a team has that kind of number one center, kind of a number one D or, you know, some semblance of a number one D and a goaltender, right? You kind of have the pieces. Now, listen, you and I both know it's 23 players to a roster. Like, yes, you got to fill in those. But if you got the major pieces, you're kind of ready to go. To hit on what you were mentioning about Tristan Jerry, that is yet another thing that you and I have talked about endlessly. I mean, if you... Let's say you don't have the number one center. Let's say you don't have the number one D. But let's say you've got a, a goaltender that can get hot for 10 days. 
We've talked yep. about this endlessly. You could have a team walk in there who's supposed to get pounded and get swept in a series, and they end up pushing it to a seven-game series. The goaltender wins it for them. We've seen yep. it time and time again. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So to go back to Pittsburgh really quickly, and I, w- I won't say any more about Pittsburgh. I don't want to take anything away away from Carolina here, but no. to, to, to basically back up your point, the Pittsburgh Penguins have the experience and they have the pieces in place to make a deep playoff run. They now, really of, co- of course, there's age that comes into that. With, the, the, with experience comes age, and that can be a little bit of a detriment as well. But as it stands right now, they've gotten healthy. They're going to be a dangerous team going into the playoffs. Having said all of that, I still think that Carolina has the wherewithal to be able to get through that division. I really do. There are, we've talked about it before. There are certain little things that, that could, could definitely put a kibosh to that. Do the rain, does Sesterkin continue his dominance in the playoffs? Does he go off in the playoffs? Well, mm-hmm. There's that could, that could happen. We just talked about Pittsburgh. Well, who knows if one of the goaltenders from Washington can get on a, on a heater here over the next little while. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, all, the love, all the love here for Carolina. I really, really enjoy watching this team. I think they've mm-hmm. got a super deep playoff run in them. I, I think they, you know, I think they've got the pieces there. It's not like they don't have some veteran leadership themselves, Trochecks and and and, and uh, guys yeah. like uh, Stahl and that kind of thing. I mean, they yep. n- not so much a uh, Stanley Cup experience, but they got some experience. I, I do think that this is a team that is primed to 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 do some damage here in this year's playoffs. I do believe their missing piece was Frederick Anderson. And I think this year, the way he left, not the way he left, sorry, but the way the way it all came out where he was <laughs> no longer part of the Toronto Maple Leafs and now Carolina basically went out and said, no, you're, you're still good, let's go. And look at his record, 29-8-2, 208-928. Like, there's a chip on his shoulder and it's undeserving or not doesn't matter there is a chip on his shoulder and i and i think he's proven it this entire year he's not only has he been healthy but he's been phenomenal um and i do believe that was that missing piece for carolina they haven't had that this good a goaltender in an extremely long time if ever uh to have these kinds of numbers and should something happen injury wise i do believe ranta can actually carry the load for a game two maybe four whatever it is but i think they've got all of those pieces put together and that piece really that again that missing piece was anderson rob brindamore was a captain of this team at one point he knows exactly what it is to be a captain. He knows exactly what it is to lead them through mm-hmm. adversity. He has done it as uh, as a player, and he's doing it now as a coach. The last couple of years, you know, that's the adversity, and I think this year is the reaping of the benefits. Watch out, everybody, because I do believe this Hartford Whalers team will finally have that cup. It'd be nice, too, if they won it, if they did some sort of nod to the Whalers. Oh, they will, man. I'm sure they will. Be... If, they, if, if they ever win a cup, like whether it's just yeah. years down the road here, they're certainly going to give an ode <sighs> to uh, to the Whalers. And if they don't, yeah. our show oh, will, buddy. We are. We, we are. I'm telling you right now, the, we are. <laughs> we will happily pick up the slack, no. but no problem. Not there a problem be, at all. No beats missed on that one. I will be buying a Hartford Whalers jersey 100%. Oh, yes. In guy. fact, I should own one already. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> All right, sure. let's uh, let's move on down to the Oily Habs. Yes, sir. And um, it's it's wonderful. 
It is absolutely, and I'm, and I'm actually being a little bit sincere. I love that you guys beat my Oilers because it, it, it's going to make what I have to say uh, feel justified. And okay. But I'm going to let you talk first because I think what I am going to say at my little spiel that I've got yes. written down here is going to hurt some people's feelings. Okay. All right, folks. So listen, pretty good week in Habsland, right? I mean, we can't really <laughs> complain here. Like... And I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sitting there, you know, the other night and I'm watching this game between Montreal and the Oilers. And I'm like, so what in God's name is going on here, man? Like, seriously, they walk, they walk into a couple of months ago. If you'd have said to me, yeah, you know what? Montreal's just going to walk into the province of Alberta and, you know, take a game from the, from the flames in overtime, by the way. And, uh, you know, just head right into uh, Edmonton. And I, I'm sorry to say it this way, but slop him around uh oh, a little bit and uh and, and and in all reality uh and and i'll get into this but I'll, myself but i'll let you take the uh the oilers first it, that was that was real sloppy and that was way too easy of a game for montreal um we'll get into the oilers shortly here but on yeah. the montreal side of things super happy how things are working out here the confidence yeah. is at an all-time high and and i mean listen you know kind of repeating myself a little bit here in regards to martin saint louis if, if nothing else, this guy gave that team some confidence and a little bit of swag. Like, if, no. if for nothing else, these guys are going back to the rink, they're happy to be there, they're happy to play for each other. I mean, Christ, you know, you've got Peachy and Sherratt that are maximizing the trade value if Montreal decides to move them both. I'm pretty sure yeah. Sherratt's going to be going. I don't know about Petrie, but we'll see. He certainly is helping his cause and helping the team's cause to facilitate a trade. Um in regards to uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, not too much I can I can really say there, guys, other than uh, things are really on the upswing for both players. Both are playing extremely well under Martin St. Louis. Uh, Cole Caulfield is doing exactly what uh, this organization w- uh, has expected of him. I think the guy's got like uh, almost, a go- almost a goal a game uh, since St. Louis uh, took over. Jesus. Um, S- Suzuki, and I-, I know I'll get some detractors on this, but in my personal opinion, Nick Suzuki is playing like a number one center right now and showing the entire league that Montreal does not need a number one center at the current moment. They have one. Um, you know, is he a prototypical six foot four uh, first line center? Absolutely not. But where he makes up for it, and I think uh, this is where I don't think I'm going to lose many detractors. Uh, this guy is extremely <laughs> high in the IQ department. And for whatever he's lacking in size and uh, a robust uh, uh, body frame, he is definitely making up for um, uh, um, in regards to his mind because this kid is – that Calgary game – and I mean the Oilers game too, but in in regards to that Calgary game, I noticed – Suzuki myself and listen I'm not a I'm not a super X's and O's guy Marty I don't really come on here with you and you know he played a yeah. great defensive shift or what <laughs> the eye test the eye test for me in regards to Nick Suzuki in that Calgary game yeah. was off the charts I mean I, again I, I I'm not a super X's and O's guy in regards to the game I never played at a at an elite level but I will say this he was definitely where he was supposed to be that whole evening <laughs> I mean, he was the guy. Never seemed to be out of place. Uh, I'm I'm quite surprised uh, at his defensive game. I I, I'd heard that he had a very very good defensive game. It wasn't anything that was going to hamper him as he you know worked his way through the league. But man, like 
I, I got to say, I was pretty impressed here. You know, you're talking about a Calgary Flames team that's mowing everybody down right now. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. And, and, and again, he looked, when I, he, he, he did not look out of place. I mean, I know that's a very generalistic comment. The guy's been in the league for a couple of years, but I, I just thought he played a really, really good game. Uh, the team has played excellent, excellent hockey here over the past, uh, uh, oh, geez, we're getting into, what, oh. three and four weeks here now. So, I mean... You know, lots to look forward to, lots of positives going on right now. So, I mean, of course, there's going to be some areas that Montreal needs to work on. That's foregone conclusion. I mean, look at some of the defensive stats the whole, for the, the entire year. I mean, not just a little, this little spell. It's, it's not looking so great. But at the end of the day, we've got some things that, that, that are happening that are positive. And one little, thing, one little tidbit here that I did want to add, uh, I've actually been keeping my eye on this guy. I heard a little thing about him at the start of the year. Young player by the name of Joshua Roy. He's a Montreal Canadiens draft pick, fifth round um, in, what year did they take him? I think it was uh, 2021. Fifth round pick, 150th overall. He currently is leading the QMJHL in scoring with 78 points in 40 games. Holy so he's geez, getting, yeah, 28 so he's getting, goals. So he's getting pretty, again, just, you know, something positive to, to look for here. I mean, this is a fifth-round pick, right? And, I mean, that's what you always want to see as an organization, to see these players that you pick dominate at those lower levels, correct? I mean, that's what he's yeah. doing right now. Uh, does he become a, 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 a serviceable piece down the line, Marty? Listen, I, I would assume that that's what the, that's what the team would be hoping for with a fifth round pick. But if this kid can do anything half of what he's doing right now, becomes a 50, 55, 60 point player in the league, you got yourself a player, right? So that's just another little thing for any of those Habs fans out there that you want to kind of keep your eye on. Another little positive that's going on outside of the team is uh, young uh, Joshua Roy. He's leading your QMJHL uh, uh, points race right now with 78 and 40. So he's uh, he's producing at quite a clip right now. So you know Seems what? To be the real deal. On an overall, Marty, pretty pretty positive week here for for any Habs and Habs fans out there. And you know what? Let's just kind of keep it rolling here. But the only thing that sucks a little bit is that we'd be losing higher and higher draft pick. But you know what? I'll take I'll take it. I'll yeah, take. What, I'll I think take what's going I think you on. can. Yeah, I think you can trade draft picks for for what culture. you're looking at on the ice. Yeah, yeah like because for culture, exactly. That's a good point. Because I do think you're getting that rounded out with Saint Louis. Like, I don't think this is a flash in the pan anymore. I think we, we've seen no, enough proof that St. Louis legitimately does know how to coach a hockey team in the NHL. I think we're at that point now. And the other thing that's exciting is that he's getting stuff out of your 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 young core you weren't getting from any other coach. Mm-hmm. So there's reason to be excited within what you have. So again, that kind of cuts down on your rebuild. And I think I mentioned it last on our last show where could you imagine a f- completely healthy carry price with the team playing the way they're, p- they're playing now, where they're beating mm-hmm. some of the top teams in the league. Those other games that they might be losing, maybe you're winning them because you've got a healthy price as well. So your rebuild, again, I think I said it last week, I'll say it again, your rebuild will go from two years down to like maybe nothing or one year. Um, you're still going to get a decent pick for as much as you've been on a run right now. You've still only won 15 wow. games this year. Yeah, you're still yeah, at the absolutely. bottom. 
So you still have a very, very good pick to be had at the end of this year. And that's definitely going to happen. Um, I, I don't I don't see too much drastic change happening in that frame. But St. Louis has been probably one of the most impressive things I've seen. Um, it, it, like I was impressed with the two management um um player or sorry the two management uh picks that they went out and got yeah. the culture change was really impressive but saint louis has been i think that's what you that was like that's the golden nugget for you guys is to have that coach be able to pull this kind of skill this kind of talent this kind of consistency out of its players saint louis said it when he started he was gonna let these players you know be who they are and mm -hmm. you're talking about nick suzuki being a really high iq type of player and you know being that defensive guy you're seeing that now because he's being i'm assuming he's allowed to just sort of go out and Let's see your yeah. talent. Let's let's see why we went out and got you. Well, let's see why there was hype for you guys. And just allow that to happen on the back end of a season that is already lost. So there's no pressure. So you can allow that to flourish and just enjoy. And that's what you're seeing. Next year when he comes back and the rest of them come back in and they've all sort of gotten that taste of success and like, you know what, guys, we can do this. We did it last year. If we put too much pressure on ourselves, that's probably when we'll start to crumble. So let's not take that approach. Let's just listen to the coach and do what he says. And San Luis is going to have a game plan for next year. You're going to have some new pieces in there as well. You're going to put all those things together. You're going to have a healthy carry price. Man, who's who's to say this team isn't in the top 10 in the league next year? Maybe better, maybe worse. I don't know. But there's an argument to be made that this team is a lot better than they showed at the beginning of the season. Well, I have to agree with you in regards to, and I'll kind of hit on what you mentioned with those two hires up top, uh, Gorton and uh, and Hughes. Look, there's there's going to be a major culture shift in that organization, and they're certainly nowhere near finished. Mm -hmm. But it almost uh, to to kind of back up your point here, it almost kind of feels like that Martin Saint Louis was just another brick to the foundation, right? Like there's still yeah. lots of lots to do in regards to changing the culture of that organization, but it just it yeah. felt right and it felt like it was still going down the road that they wanted to go down. So totally yep. totally agree with you in regards to that. I love the way you put it. In regards to uh Martin St. Louis, uh at the end of the day, this guy really has just given these kids uh the opportunity to make mistakes. Those oh, players nice. Nice. listen Listen, I mean, Cole Caulfield, you and I both know how this works out for these young players when they get into the league. If you're a good defensive player, you're going to get ice time, right? Yeah. Listen, Cole Caulfield, you can make him into a respectable defensive player if he isn't already, okay? But we yep. talked about this over the past couple of weeks as well. Cole Caulfield was not picked 15th overall to be a defensive specialist. He was picked 15th <laughs> overall because the guy can put the puck in the back of the net. And what do you think that Marty St. Louis did when he pulled him aside when he took over that job? Listen, kid, Martin St. Louis has been playing this thing game for 20, 30 years. He knows that kid is going to make a shit ton of mistakes over the next few years. Okay? But, but the question always is risk versus reward, right? Yeah. If this kid is going to score you, okay, if this kid is going to score you 30, I'll... I'll, I'll Keep it light. Between 30 and 35 goals a year, okay? 
And I think, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think we're really pushing the envelope here by saying this could potentially be a 40 to 45 goal player, potentially in the right situation with the right players, a 50 goal player. He's that yeah. good. He's scored at every level, goal scoring at every level. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if this kid gets gets what he needs and gets put in the, the right place, I mean, he, he can get that done for you. Are you going to be able to handle the risks that you're going to get? especially with him being a young player. He's going to learn, just like any other player does. And look, some players are better defensively than others. It just, it's the way it is. You have yeah. players that are in certain niches. So, I mean, when it, when it comes to him and, and Suzuki, I think St. Louis, and for that matter, you know what, even guys like a Sherrod or even guys like Petrie. I mean, Petrie, that guy was having an absolutely brutal year until this guy showed up. Until Marty St. Louis well, Petrie up, has even said it, that so, he doesn't mind sticking around to play with a coach like Martin St. Louis. He loves St. Louis. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, uh, and and I don't think that St. Louis is much different than other coaches in that. Listen, don't tell me that Dominic Ducharme doesn't understand hockey and didn't understand <laughs> that. You know, Caulfield's going to make his mistakes as well. But... And and maybe it's a case where Marty can come in a little bit more loose. There was no expectations. So there's a lot of extenuating factors. But I, I, mm. all I will say is that he's got the this team playing with confidence. So these guys are, are not afraid going out there. I mean, Marty, some of the games that we were watching here with this team, it, it honestly looked like junior A hockey, dude. Like they, they, yeah, they looked lost, dude. It, it, it was. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Like this team, I mean... It looked like you had an NHL team against a junior B team. Like, it yeah, just did. It looked, it looked really bad. So, I mean, now that he's come in the plane is at least, and I know that he's not really with the structure and all of this stuff, but yep. he's got this team playing some good hockey. So, but you know even what? even when you like when you say that, that you know there's no structure. Even with that, there's structure. There like, is, yeah. There, 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 there's no there's structure in no structure because it, it allows the players to figure out what this means. What does yeah. this look like? Because now they start to have expectations of like, well, this is that type of player. When I'm playing on his line, I know to expect this. There's structure within that. But what he's trying to get at is that I'm going to let the kids be who who they are and why we drafted them. I'm not yeah. going to try and force them into something that they're supposed to be just because it's going to fit this particular structure over here. No, this structure over here is going to be what this team is. This team is this because it's these players. Let's make this work. But it's it's a matter of figuring out what this really is. And St. Louis is allowing them to figure that out as a team and it's it is it's the benefit of of, of having nothing left to to lose because um, then that's when you can really sort of figure out who you are as a player and then as a team so right now the kids are figuring out who they are as players and as a team that's coming along pretty nicely too so good for saint louis i mean look it Things are just much more in a positive light here, both, you know, whether you want to look at it in a culture sense, like, you know, just plain as day, the players coming in and wanting to be there. It's something yeah. is, the, the, this, this management team that's come in here and St. Louis that's come in as coach here, yeah. they've, they've definitely switched the culture in that organization from a, a few months ago. And you know what? I mean, things are, look, I, I know there's people out there that hate the Habs, but I'm sure even as hockey fans there, <laughs> That's good. it's like, it's like, okay, look, like at least you guys have a team that can play in the NHL level. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. at the very yeah. least that's going on. There's some good, some positive vibes yeah. that are going on here into the trade deadline and moving forward. So 
you know, if you're a fan of the team, it, it, things are much, much brighter than they ha- they were uh, even, what, a month and a half to two months ago. A month so. and a half, yeah. Listen, even hating on the on, on the on the Canadians is good for hockey. But the, you need the Canadians oh, yeah. to be playing good hockey. You need the Canadians to be playing. Honestly, like, again, growing up, I've said this before, my father was a big Bruins fan, and he can't stand the Habs. But you do need the, as a league, you need the Habs to be playing well so that more people can hate on them because it's good for hockey. That's um, a major market, it, right? So... It is absolutely one of the top markets in the NHL is absolutely the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, don't diss on that. And everybody, will, even the, the ones I hate on the Habs, it will agree to. That's a major market for the for for hockey. So don't don't <laughs> don't poo poo on that. But um, yeah. So are we are we in the Oilers now? Yeah, we're in we're into the Oilers. I'm now. not even want... excited to talk about this. Well, I just wanted I just wanted to preface this whole little segment that Marty's about to get into. Anybody out there who's an Oilers fan, just strap in, get comfortable. Yes. It's gonna be rough. It's I'm gonna, gonna and I'm just, I, I generally, when we do these shows, I generally speaking, I just, I have notes and I just sort of go off the notes and then I let my my heart do the talking. This one, I'm gonna read. I'm just gonna read it. Uh, I took the time to write it out how I wanted to say it, and um, I mean, I say that now, I might pull back a little bit, but anyways, here we go. Because at the uh, end, folks, it, it hurts. <clears throat> I'm going to go on the record as saying that I don't want the Oilers to make the playoffs anymore. Uh, not for the players' sake, but for the management's sake. And maybe this will spur Kratz into stepping in and telling Holland, you know, take a hike, we're done with you. But what good has come out of this year? Where is this team if not four steps back? No gains at all this year. At all. Whatsoever. Just one dumb move after another. One misstep after another. Kane, what the f- what the actual fuck was that all about? Has he has that accomplished anything? Coaching changed several months too late on the back end of a plan that didn't have any time to get off the ground. No goalie consistency whatsoever. I'm not about to start pointing fingers at Woodcroft, but in my mind and in my view, I, I see him as either a scapegoat for Holland or a stand-in for someone else early next year. So either way, what bothers me on the ever-growing list of things that bother me with this team this year is the fact that, okay, so clearly there's not going to be a trade for a goalie whatsoever. That's just not going to happen. That's obvious. So what you've got is what you've got. Then you know what? Go down with the ship. Stop mucking around with trying to figure out which is the hot hand because guess what? There is no hot hand. So commit to one of them. And write it out. Koskinen let in six last night. Okay, so he's back in the next night. He let in another six. Don't care. He's off the ice first for the next game. That's what's going to happen. Keep it up like he's winning these games because something you can force, sometimes you can force consistency out of a team. But make no mistake, this offseason, if Holland doesn't get fired, and here we go, folks, it's the beginning of the end for McDavid. Um, This is it. Um, so sorry, I got to reread that beginning of the end for McDavid's years. And I will start to beg for them to trade him and get a top flight goalie out of it. You can win with Dreisaitl 100%. You don't need both. And the reason I pick McDavid over Dreisaitl is because I feel Dreisaitl has shown more leadership abilities than McDavid. So this, even as I say it now, honestly, sounds like the best course of action. If Holland starts to feel the heat, I say, fuck it, go down with swinging. Make the trade now because it's an absolute embarrassment. Everything else is an embarrassment. So yeah, I said it. I think they should trade McDavid. I think the season is that kind of 
I think this season has shown that kind of situation in Edmonton that it's done. It's fini. You can get a lot in return for McDavid, so why not do it now? Because with what happened earlier in the season and he did not step up and say the right things at the right time, and he showed that he cared more about winning than having a... I hate to say this because at the end we want them to win, but there is there, there there's something to be said about winning at all costs. Like no, there's a moral compass you got to follow too. There's a way to approach the situations, and I think McDavid missed step there, whereas Drysaddle does not. He does not. He has more composure. He has more, and he's got game. Anytime McDavid has ever been down, Drysaddle's been right there. And I've made the argument that Drysaddle is probably the number one player in the year or in the league. Not McDavid. Drysaddle's got more goals, maybe one or two points less. But he's the kind of guy that you can actually build completely right. It's great to have them both, but I think you've got too many holes on this team that you don't deserve both. You're wasting McDavid. Trade him to somebody who you can get something great out of, and then start over. But your start over, your rebuild isn't going to take very long. You're going to get something massive in return that you're all of a sudden you're a very serious contender. You're not going to lose. You're not going to lose too much in terms of games because you've lost already like so many games with both of them in the lineup. So you're not winning anyways. So plug that hole and plug it good with a number one goalie because you're giving up the supposed best player in the league. And there you go. Move forward. Because this shit ain't working anymore. Okay. Going to take a little breather here. Because I thought I would off, say that. Because I'm going off on the Oilers as well. So you know what, Marty? Oh. And I think you would agree. I've defended the Oilers for the most part this oh, year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been in their corner. Been fighting for them. You know, throwing a couple uppercuts here and there. Yeah. But I got to tell you, with that game against Montreal, that's I I, I, I can't, bud. Like, I, I really do have nothing left for the Oilers. And what I mean by that, folks, is I, I can't, there isn't anything left to defend anymore after, after, the performance they had against Montreal. Now, look, Marty. Montreal's playing great hockey. And when when a team has got some confidence and a little bit of swag, like even, even a team that's been in the shambles like Montreal, it, they're going to come to play. Okay. That's, yep. not, a pro- that's yep. not a problem. That's not a problem. But you got to show up and you got to uh-huh. start playing to their level. Like you got to start playing to that level. And... And guys, I'm really, really sorry here. Where in God's name is the killer instinct? Huh. Where, where is the leadership on that club? And for God's sakes, where is some mental fortitude? The thing that's really bothering me about Edmonton, okay? I, the, the, there's something in the head. This, this, yeah. is, this has nothing to do, okay? Listen. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane, and and you can start going. Uh, you can start going down the list with some of these other players here. You can make that work. Oh okay? yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Like, you can make that work. That team is better than what they showed 
against Montreal the other night. Plain and simple. And and it all starts for me with effort. I just, dude, it, it, it listen, I'm a Habs fan. Everybody knows that. I was super thrilled with the, with, with the 5-2 win. Absolutely thrilled. Sure. It was great. It was great for my team. It was great for their confidence. I actually was starting to get upset at how Edmonton was playing that game, dude. Like, like I, I'm, I, I want to see, and I've got it written right here in front of me. I want to see two of the best players in the world ply their trade, but there is obviously more than just a goaltending problem here, Marty. Like, they, they, they're not as bad as what Montreal was this year, (laughs) but, but, but where I am going is if something and and marty i've given my opinion of what that could be over the 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 course of the season i don't know what Mm -hmm. something is anymore okay they need something and i don't know what it is but they need something okay if they can't figure this out dude they're heading down the same path at least in regards to where their heads are going to be at marty they're headed down the same road where Montreal was and has just gotten out of. Like, I listened to that press conference where McDavid start was answering questions after the game. He's he, this guy's fucking dejected. Like he he didn't know what to do with himself at that microphone. Yeah. He has yeah. no more answers. And listen, I know no. everybody's looking for the answers from McDavid. And and listen, I know a ton of pressures on the kid, hundred million dollars. And listen. All that pressure is on you for a reason, but yep. he can't, he cannot do it all on his own. Okay. And, 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 and it can't yep. all just be him and dry And I just get the feeling here more and more as we get longer and longer into the tooth here, I get the feeling like it's almost like these players are waiting for one of these two guys to go off. Hey, last time I checked, he got signed to an NHL contract, bud. get out there and start fucking playing hockey. It's just, I yeah. just, I, I I was Marty, I was really, really disappointed for for that team. And and dude, I saw, we all have our favorite teams, but we're fans of hockey, okay? Yeah. I fucking felt bad for you. I really did. I really did because wow. I put my I put myself in an Edmonton Oilers uh uh <laughs> shoes and I've got two of the best players on the face of the earth here. And I'm gonna be honest with you, the way this whole year is gone, I'm fucking scared that Either McDavid or Dreisaitl is going to say, I'm out of here, man. Like, Feeny. I, and, and I'm out the like, door. I, I think that these are two, both, both of them, I think, are character players. And I don't think either one would, one of them would demand to be traded out of Edmonton, at least no. not publicly. Okay. And but, I would say, at least not this year. I think they've, if, if, let's say one of them has it in them. It's next year. If this happens again next year, this is a different story. I do believe next year, one of them, if not both, would ask for a trade. Because I think that's where they're at. Like you and I both know, if they haven't happened already, there's. we talk about these exit meetings in the offseason, right? Mm -hmm. I can can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, if these guys, whether they make the playoffs, Marty, or whether they don't, and let's just go on this... Let's just say for the argument's sake that they fall out of here, right? Mm-hmm. And as much as we hate to say it, Oilers fans, you, you're right there 
You, you are teetering, okay? Like big time right now. Uh, Standings-wise, you're teetering. So They're outside if, right if, now. So if this team misses Marty, I tell you right, right now, I don't know if it's going to be separate conversations or I don't know if McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to walk up there together. And I don't know if they're walking up to Bob Nicholson's office, if they're walking up to Ken Holland's office, if they're walking up to Woodcurse's office, but they're walking to somebody's office and they're going to be basically demanding that, listen, we're, we're fine to stay, but this has to be fixed, man. Like this has to be fixed, buddy. There's you have you have two generational players on the same fucking team. Yeah. Okay, you got and I'm sorry, Holland. Twenty five years of making it work out in Detroit. Work your goddamn magic, buddy. If you're sticking Do around, something. because you better get this team in a position where they're not only. Hey, listen. Right now, if I'm an Oilers fan, I just want to be contending for the Stanley Cup because I'm sorry. Raj. Right now, you aren't. You're not even close. You're 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 not a contender. Okay, you're not a contender in my book right now. What an embarrassing thing to say in 21-22 that the Oilers are not even in contention for a playoff spot. Never mind the Stanley Cup, which is where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be talking about this team being in the top four that we talked about at the beginning of the season, or sorry, at the beginning of the show. They're, that's where they're supposed to be by now. And quite frankly, I, I, I'm at a loss to figure out because you've made a lot of good points. Like you talked about how, you know, this team mentally, what, like, what do they, like they, they went out and they got a player like Duncan Keith as an example, who's got tons of experience, won Stanley Cups and that kind of stuff. You know, he's supposed to fill that gap that, you know, that leadership gap that maybe McDavid can't figure that out. And he steps in and says, listen, this is how we get through this. And then you get through it. But at no point in this year has this team, sorry, that's not true, outside of the beginning of the season, okay, they did, they seemed powerful at the beginning of the season. They really did. At the beginning of the season, there was all that just scoring relentlessly. And then, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 I hate to say it, Torts may have been right when he made that comment that you can't just go into the playoffs and score a bunch of goals and think that's how you're going to win it all. And I basically told him, like, shut your face. Like, you know, yes, we can. Um, no, we can't. Um, because, God, I did not know that we were this bad in nets and defensively. But you're right. This has progressed to something else now. This is now so in their heads that even though we went out and got a Duncan Keith, we can't get through this. We're not getting through any of it. We have not been able to overcome any of this adversity. We've had, you know, sputter moments where we've shown that, you know, this is why we have hope. But that has gone out pretty quickly, almost as quickly as it came in. We've had our moments where things are are just, you know, jiving somewhat. Nothing has ever come off as great as it did at the beginning of the season, though. So that's why I think, you know, I, now, but now you got me second guessing it, like. Okay, so let's say you get rid of McDavid, you trade to get some pieces back in. Is that really going to be enough? Does the rest of this team really seem like it's capable of actually doing anything? Let's say you go out and you get three players. You get a starting goalie, you get a great top two defenseman, or let's say a top three defenseman, and maybe another forward. Okay, so now, is that all that's needed to, to fix this ship, to, to right this ship? Is that really all that's necessary? I'm not necessarily convinced now because you made a good point. This kind of a season 
sticks with you. And they still got contracts that they can't get rid of. A Tyson Berry, that is a complete waste. And as much as I've said that, well, a Duncan Keith, who is also, I'm sorry, but you're a waste of money. You were brought in to try and help get through these kinds of moments, and you've done nothing of the sort. So we've just gone and pissed away a lot of money. And I believe Keith is still around next year. So, like, what's going And even Nurse, I like, what is going on with Nurse? Like, Bouchard is our best defenseman right now. It should be Nurse. But, like, we've got all these guys stuck in these contracts that I don't know that we can actually clear the ship enough to be able to move in a different direction. So, I don't know, man. It, it's disgusting. And for me, the, the one thing that I've been kind of swirling around in my head, and, and listen, this is just this is fantasy. This is something that wouldn't be able to happen. It, they just couldn't make it happen. But we're, we were talking about Claude Giroux a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. you know it was kind of funny. We mentioned with your dad last week how he'd be a great, great fit with Boston. His grit and his um, true, uh, his annoyance, his um, <laughs> his sandpaper. That's what yeah. I want to see with the Edmonton Oilers. That's what I want to see with the Edmonton Oilers. You've got nothing, now, so you're right there. Now, listen, and I, I only say it that way and I phrase it that way just to kind of give people a, an idea of what I really would like to see with the Oilers. I, this is never a guy they're going to be able to get their hands on just with the salary cap and everything. But if if the Oilers... I would love for the Oilers to get some veteran leadership that has sandpaper with it. Now, listen, I, I haven't been checking... Uh, free agent list or trade deadline list and all this other stuff for the Oilers. I've obviously been keeping an eye on my own team, uh, fantasy teams well. But, uh, and I don't know who would be available out there. I don't know. But, but I mean, you, 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 I mean, I don't know if this would make the difference, Marty. I, I really don't. But, you know, players that are kind of swirling in my heads are like a Cal Clutterbuck in, uh, in, uh, uh, on the island. Or, um, ah, geez, I mean... You know, pick any kind of like a, a plucky kind of player. You know what I mean? Some again, it would be somebody that that would have to have sandpaper to their game. I want somebody yeah. that's going to kind of muck it up a little bit. I want somebody that's going to start hitting some bodies. Um, I would love for that to all be in a defenseman if I could get that. Uh, you know, again, there, there's 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 what you want and there's what you can actually get your hands on. But yeah. to me, to me, first and foremost, that team needs more sandpaper. The, the, Marty, they need something, and we talked about this before. They need somebody who's going to put their goddamn foot down in that dressing room and say, you know what, yeah. they, ju they just scored fucking two goals on us in the last three minutes of the period. We're not going to yeah. let this game go get away from us, bud. We're not doing yeah. it. Like it's yeah. just we're You're so right. and I, and I and I don't know who that is, Marty. I don't know if that player is available out there. I, I, I you know, can they help? Any I'll be honest. Are, I don't think there's a player them? out there that can actually do this this year. Because I do, I. I, I I mean, I hate to look at the glasses half empty, but this season is lost. Like you can't, you can't tell me there's a there's a guy out there with enough sandpaper to make this team into what what is supposed to be um, a Stanley Cup contender this year. Like that's not just that's just not going to happen. So if uh, you're lucky to get that kind of player next year in the off season, and I think that's where they they need to start focusing. Um, as a team, as a coach, you're going to try and push for this season, and that's that is what you should do. But from a management perspective, take your foot off the gas. You're done this year. You're done. You're not. Don't make any moves this year. It, it'll be in haste. There's nothing that's going to be good. 
that's going to come out of this year anyways. You're not going to get anything great that you're going to want to keep to next year. So just forget it. Just forget it. From a manager's perspective, forget it. Let the team fizzle into nothingness because it's already a huge disappointment. So let the team be what it is and worry about next year. And you know what? And just to counterbalance this, I'll look at it the other way. And I'll say, look, whatever the moves that you can make, if you can add a little bit of sandpaper maybe on the third line or whatever, go ahead and, go ahead and do that. The, I, I, I hate saying, saying it this way. I mean, the only thing that this team has left, right, is to look at, is to basically all sit in that dressing room, Marty, and all look <laughs> and face each other and say, look, we can either fucking crumble underneath this, okay, yeah. or, or we can galvanize this fucking room and we can start marching to what we, we think and we feel we deserve, maybe there is somebody in that room. You know what, Marty? Maybe over the next couple of weeks, Darnell Nurse takes the reins of this team and grabs <laughs> yeah. McDavid maybe. and Dreisaitl by the necks and says, we're not letting this happen anymore. Like, I mean, that that's the only thing you have left. Now, the reason I said I hate saying that is because you've already gone to that well this year. Yeah. So if you got to keep going to that well, then guess yeah. what? The definition, the definition of, of insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting the same result, right? There or, you or, go. Yeah. Or, so, I mean, it, I mean, this team knows knows what the expectations are. I, I hope, I, I hope, and we go back to the word hope here, man, over the past few weeks with this team. <laughs> that's all that's I, left. I, I hope somebody can, and I don't know if I'm saying it the right way or whatever, but I hope somebody can put their foot down in that dressing room, man. And just put an end, put an end to, to 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 games like they had against Montreal. I mean, I'm looking at their games this week, four to three in overtime against Chicago. Dude, 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 you're the Edmonton Oilers, man. Look at your roster. Look at the players that you have on that team. And, and goaltending woes, this all this other bullshit. You need to be beating the Chicago Blackhawks. You need to be beating yeah. the Montreal Canadiens, okay? Like, y- you have to be doing I mean, Christ, Marty. They came off of, listen, they were all losses, but 5-3 against Tampa. You know, I, I remember you talking about that. It wasn't their best game, okay? 4-3 yeah. no. against Florida. 2-1 to loss against yeah. Carolina. Okay, okay. You're, it's, yeah. a, it's a results business, and you're not winning the games. But you know what? Those are top teams in the NHL. But when you yeah. start, but when you start and... following up performances like that, with performances where you're losing to Chicago and Montreal, like listen, and this is and this is kind of goes back to my whole the whole start of my spiel with the Oilers. I don't know what the fuck these guys are anymore. I just don't know. Like you're losing no. to bottom dwellers. I don't think they do. And then you have decent yeah. perform or, or I mean, really some great performances against top teams. Like I'm okay to yeah. lose to Florida. I'm okay to lose to Carolina. These are top teams in the league, man. Just show and, up and though, they're, and they're deeper than you. So you yeah. should be losing to them, but, just, but but the performances against a performance like they had against Montreal. If I'm a fan of the Oilers, you got to start putting your hands up in the air, and you just got to wonder where are we going with this man? Where is this going right now? So I do think they've lost their identity if 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 they ever had one, um, and that's that's been their struggle the rest of the way. Uh, they may have had that at the beginning of the season where they were playing strong and they looked like you know their identity was offense first, and that's fine. Again, that's fine, um, but that seems to have gone the way of the dodo, and they're and now they're a confused bunch. 
Um, and their only consistency is inconsistency. And you're obviously not going to make it anywhere when you're when you're playing like that. So, yeah, I, we're we're an embarrassment. We're a disappointment. We're a waste of talent. Uh, that's what we are right now. So Edmonton, stop making me drop F-bombs on you. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. It's enough. All right. Beauties and the Beast. Oh, okay. Last segment I, of the I night. Got that out of my, yeah, I got... That was I got good. That out of my system. Yeah, I know, man. I, I had a lot of passion there for the Oilers. Boy, I tell you, I just have to let loose on him, man. I just I bet you off. a lot of people do, too. That's the thing. I bet you a lot oh, of people dude, do. Oh, uh, dude. I mean, I had to. Give like, everybody just, the opportunity uh, to talk about I, it. I couldn't. Look at that. I mean, we finished the segment, and we can't even finish it. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> moving moving <laughs> on to Beauties and the Beast this week, folks. Yeah. Marty, did you want to start this week, or did you want me to go ahead? Or? Sure. Okay, go care. ahead, buddy. Go ahead. All right. So we're going to start uh, David Pasternak. Uh, he's on fire lately. He's got oh, an eight-game point streak. Yeah, I know. It's nice. It's nice to see too, because like he he did come out a little bit slow this year, but yeah. lately he's kind of found his groove. I'll get into that in a second. He's got uh, so yeah, like I said, eight game point streak, twelve points in all, with uh, seven goals. So he's a plus eight and a whopping thirty five shots on goal. And don't forget, yes. again, he, he didn't have Marchant for a while there, so this mm-hmm. is on him. So good for him. And it, I think he's found a little bit of chemistry with Tyler Hall too, so that's helped as well, and it's helped Tyler Hall as well. And, and, and you know, oh boy, that that's another player. And Marty, I just want to interject about uh, Pasternak. Sure. You you get you def. I'm glad you're giving this kid some love because you know what whenever Marshawn did go out he really did kind of uh, I mean he didn't put the whole team on his back and you know Hall was playing well and Bergeron was in there too so but you know what he yeah. really did step up because he was playing second line with yeah. Hall for the longest time so he was playing second line minutes now this guy's getting top power play so he's getting all of his minutes somewhere along the line right but, yeah but yeah. I just wanted to say that you know what he really did step up in the absence of uh, Marshawn and really has yeah. had this Bruins team playing some excellent hockey over the past few weeks absolutely that's the thing the Bruins are definitely trending in the right direction at the right time too I think I see this team getting stronger and stronger the closer we get to the playoffs so I'll, I'll just I'll round this out by saying that uh he's he's up to 31 goals on a season he's actually climbed over the fir- the point per game pace for the first time this year so don't sit on him right now don't trade him uh get him in and don't even blink about it just put him into the game and then set it and forget it done <laughs> So that's uh, David Pasternak. So the next one is uh, Thatcher Demko. So Vancouver has just been such a weird team this year. They should be in a playoff spot. Like if we had this conversation at the beginning of the season, uh, we would have said, you know, playoff team for sure. Um, But the way they sort of sputtered out of the gate and then this this year really hurt them. And then, you know, Brujo bringing them back to life shows that. Really, next year is the year for them. Not necessarily this year, but, you know... All that aside, Demko has really proven his worth to this team all season, though. Um, he's only lost one game in his last six. He, uh, his average save percentage over that span is 927. Um, and as this team continues to go up and down all in all other areas, they have a starting goalie that deserves better. And I do fully believe that next year, this team not only gets into the playoffs, but they're near the top of the division and Demko will reap all the benefits. And quite frankly, it'll be because of him. He's actually been one of their, actually I'll go as far as saying their only consistent piece all season long, Uh, no matter what's been going on with this team. He seems to have been the glue that's been holding anything together. If anything has been held together, it's been because of Demko. And I I do really like him in Vancouver. I, I, I see a good fit there with Boudreaux as well. So it makes sense. So good for him. Uh, so in my last, uh, beauty is, uh, the Calgary flames as a whole. Um, so they're, they're going to make me jump Alberta ships. I, 
for for now for a little bit because I, I I do I've always liked Calgary anyways. I know I'm not supposed to say that as no other fan, but I do. I lived in uh, I lived in Kananaskis for a while, and it, while I lived there, Calgary was right down the road, and I actually cheered for them, and they were a great great team to follow, and they, they still are. Um, but how can you not love this team and, and what Sutter has done with this team? It, and it's nothing short of amazing, really. Another team that's embraced a system of reap all the benefits they're in. So like they like the system, well then now we're going to win. So they're in the top tier. Um, well, sorry, no, they're they're not in the top tier of like the Cal- the Carolina, the Floridas, the Tampas, and the Colorados. But 100%, they are right behind them. And in fact, last night they beat Colorado. So this is a team that you can't really sleep on. And yes, they may have lost a game to Montreal, but maybe that's more about Montreal than than than, uh, than Calgary. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, as a whole, this team makes me excited. Uh, I do think there's a reason to be excited in Alberta. Um, and again, if, if you're an Oiler fan, you know, just take a pause for a second and, and just enjoy what it is because this team is fun. Um, you know, they, while they're not in that top four that I mentioned earlier, they have a two and two record against that top four. Uh, so they've lost one and one, one against Florida. They lost six, two, but they also won five, one against Florida. Uh, and then the other one is against Tampa. They lost four to one. So they haven't played against Carolina. Um, they just beat, uh, Colorado. So this is this is a team that you can't. As, uh, if you're the top four that I mentioned, um, you look over your shoulder. Uh, they're right there. So and it's great. It's great to see because again, last year this was not the same team. This is a completely different team. So good on Suter for for doing what he's done to this team, and good on all of them to just sort of take it in and say, listen, this is our this is the system we play, and just buy into it. And this is what it is. I mean, the nice thing about Calgary, too, and we've talked about this before, Marty, that's a team that's built for the playoffs, and they've been playing yes. playoff playoff hockey for a long time. So you, so you know when the calendar switches over from the regular season to the playoffs, I, I look, anything can happen, uh, like, yeah. any, like any year, but I have to imagine Calgary is just going to kind of continue on their run. Uh, they're playing, I mean, these guys are just playing some excellent, excellent hockey yeah. right now. That oh, team, yeah. That team is mowing down some teams – right now and it's yep. it's 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 pretty scary and like you say some of those top teams in the west better start looking over your shoulder because you know what this was my predi- no joke this was my prediction to come out of the west and you know what dude i'm super holding tight to that i still think that the calgary I flames would. have everything that they need to beat any yep. of those teams and i mean yep. you, you got to play the games to to see what happens but fully agree yep. with you man this team is just on a heater right now they they've got that one thing that Edmonton definitely does not have, and that's grit, like you talked about earlier. Yeah, um, they've got lots of it actually, um, but they also have a ton of skill. Um, you know, they may not have a McDavid or a Drysido, but they've got no slouches in Lindholm and 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 Goudreau. Um, they just they seem like a complete team. There always seems to be someone else who can step up and just sort of fill the gap if need be. So they're kind of like Carolina in that sense, where you know there's no clear cut all star who's going to run away with the scoring title. Um, but you know what good is that doing Edmonton? They got the top two. It ain't doing them any good. So it's better to be a complete team than just to rely on two players. It's funny that you hit on Carolina because I was just about to say you know what they're a Carolina, just bigger, a little nastier, a little more sandpaper, yeah. and yeah. and and. And I again, I'll stick with it. 
They're, they're a team, if you're sitting there saying, hey, Marty, which teams are out there built for the playoffs? You're probably mentioning Calgary before Carolina just because of the makeup of the team. It's not to say that Carolina can't win the Stanley Cup or no, can't, no. Go, can't go deeper, that you can't have that type of team and it can't do damage in the playoffs. It's just we all tend to know how things go into the playoffs. And, I mean, you can look right back to my Habs last year. That was a really, really big and really, really mean top four. And what did yeah. I say about Calgary? Calgary earlier on this year, that top four, and in all reality, yeah. you can extend it to the fifth and sixth uh, defenseman, who I believe is Zadorov and Good Branson. Buck, man, these Brand, are that's these, it. these are some big boys. These are some big boys. No. They're really nasty. If you're sta- if you're standing in front of the net, dude, you're getting hacked and whacked from somebody. It doesn't matter which pairing is on <laughs> the ice. So you know what? Yeah. Glad you're hitting on the Flames this week because uh, they yeah. deserve it. They really deserve a lot of love. Well, a team that deserves a lot of uh, hate, I guess, anti-love. I don't know. <laughs> My bad. It's, it's, so it's hard to tell, though. It's uh, it's either Elvis Merzinglis or possibly the Cumbers Blue Jackets. It's hard to tell. He's a he's a good goalie, uh, and this is a good team, just not this year. Not at all. In his last four games, he's allowed 14 goals. But the team has allowed 134 shots in that span. So that's an average of 33 per game. And on the worst of those four nights, 39 shots on goal. Like, come on. You're not going to win any games by allowing 39 shots on goal. So, But flip the script. And a bit, if you go a bit further down the schedule, you'll see that Merzinkas actually allowed seven goals on 18 shots. So you're obviously not going to win any games if your goalie's allowing seven goals on 18 shots. So, again, it's hard to tell. So it's, it's a bit of a disappointing year for everybody over in Columbus. I'm not sure what's going on. I didn't expect this out of Columbus. Like I didn't necessarily expect them to, you know, come out of the, the the gates and just be like this phenomenal team either. But this is a this is a step back that's not maybe getting as much attention as the other ones. I don't I don't know why Columbus is as bad as they are this year. It could be because of Merzlinkas or Merzlinkins, sorry. Um, I, but again, I do think he is a good goalie. I, I think that the last two seasons prior to this one showed that he's a much better goalie than that. Last year, I think he had a 277 goals against and a 917, and the year before that was even better. So there's you know, no time to pull the plug on this, no need to trade or anything. I do think he had a good future with him, but it's just this year as a whole, this team and the goalie, yeah, well, not I so mean, much. I, th- I think Columbus is kind of, you know, they're at a little bit of, uh, you know what, I'm not going to say a disadvantage because you know what, it's the NHL, like it is what it is. But they do find themselves yeah. in, in, in the uh, the gauntlet of a division that is the Metropolitan. So, I mean, yep. look, they, they, they're they a decent team. They're three games above 500. But when you look at the standings, you can totally see the difference in tiers, right? I mean, Washington's sitting yeah. there at, in fourth with 69 points and Columbus is in fifth at 59. So there is, there is kind of a gap there. But, uh, I, I mean, I certainly will say, you know what, kind of just, you know, hold tight, you know, play the year out. Yeah. Uh, Merz Lincolns is a good goalie. I, t- I totally agree with you. I think this yeah. is a case where they just find themselves maybe a little bit in that mushy middle almost, right? Where, <laughs> I, I mean, you're... You, you're not going to make the playoffs, and then you're not really getting like a top ten pick either. But you know what? There, there's some positivity in that it's a it's a team that's over 500, right? Like in all reality, I mean, if I was being truthful with you, I I, I actually didn't think they'd be doing this good. If I, if I'm being honest, <laughs> I, I actually okay. I, I actually thought they'd be on the other side of 500. I thought they'd be more along the lines where the Islanders are, right? Two games really? under. Really? Two games under. Wow. Like, so the fact okay. that they're over, the fact that they're at 500 and even three games above, I'm actually 
I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what's going on down there and the lack of overall right. talent that they have down there. So, but you know what? I mean, I, I got all the faith in uh, Yarmo Kekalainen. I think he's doing some good things down there. It's just a matter of, you know, yep. there's a, there, there's been a mass exodus out of Columbus, right? So, I mean, they, they've really had to deal with yeah, a lot of players leaving, Panarin leaving, Duchesne leaving, like, uh, you know, Bobrovsky leaving. So, you know, I think what he's trying to build down there is players that want to stick around, right? So I think that's True. been a little that's bit a of point. the battle down there in Columbus, and hopefully they can yeah. turn the corner with some of the players they have down there now because from what I understand, it's a great place to play hockey. So Yeah, you're right. I've heard the same. So, yeah, you're right there. So I mean, you know what? Let me good on them. I I I hope I mean, wish nothing but the best for them the rest of the year. But you know, it, it has been a little bit tough, especially with the division that they've been in. So you know what? Yeah. So, sorry, Columbus. Just got to deal with it, bud. <laughs> yeah. Mo- moving on. Moving on to our moving to on, Mike's yeah. beauties in the beast this week, and I got a couple of faves this week, bud. I, I gotta I gotta admit, I, I'm quite bullish on a couple of players that I've gotten my my beauties this week and one of them is jeremy swayman uh goaltender out there for uh, boston 6'3 195 he's a 23 year old so you know what uh jay's got himself a guy that he can probably build with here depending on how things play out the rest of the year uh he's played 20 yeah. he's st- he has started 25 games this year 15 wins seven losses three in overtime 2.03 goals against average 925 uh 927 save percentage with three shutouts so you know what all the numbers are really tracking in the right direction here. The guy is a lot, in his last 11 games is 8-2-1. and one. So you know what? If you were lucky enough to either draft or trade for this guy or pick him up off of the waiver wire, you are reaping some massive benefits right now as he has been on fire of late. And in all honesty, it seems to me he's clearly kind of taken over the majority of starts. I don't want to sit here and say that he's taken over the number one spot, but I will say... He has clearly taken over the majority of starts in Boston. I mean, you got Allmark there, and I think he's making $5 million a year, signed a five, uh, four-year, $20 million contract. So there's money invested in that player, and I'm sure they're going to want to get him some games here and there. But yeah. for the time being, I think Swayman's numbers are definitely uh, speaking to uh, a guy who's going to get the, the bulk of the games here running uh, running with it the, the, the second half of the season. I mean, his 2.03 goals against Savage, that's ranked second in, in league-wide, bud. He's he's wow. ranked he's ranked fourth in save percentage with the nine twenty seven, so I knew Jeez. he was doing well, dude. But whenever I kind of compared it league wide, I gotta admit to you, I was like I I love the numbers. I just didn't think they were as high. Yeah. I mean, he's right up there. And, no, me either. And and it's not just a sample size of like twelve games here. This guy's played twenty five games now this year, and he's gonna get yeah. he's gonna get easily another, geez, out of the next what twenty five to twenty seven games, he probably gets. I don't know the way he's playing 15, 16, 17 to them anyway. So he's going to yeah. get, you know, he's going to get another little bit here. Anyway, all that to say, he's definitely helped the Bruins along with the uh, uh, Pasternak you were talking about whenever he took over for uh, Marchand. They now have Marchand yep. back. Things are clicking in Boston. Yeah. Uh, the Leafs are definitely yeah. having to look over their shoulder in regards to the Bruins lately. So, you know what? If yep. you're in a good spot, if you can get your hands on him either through a trade, uh, maybe a uh, top end team doesn't need him. Uh, they got some other options that they can 
can go with. See if you can pry him out. And if, for God's sakes, if this guy's still on the free agent market on your daily fantasy, pick oh, him up, man. Geez, go out there and get him. I don't know what you're you in. I don't know what you're sitting there waiting for, but <laughs> you know what? The, the team itself, by the way, as well, it never hurts when you're you've got a great structured team like Boston, and the team itself over the past uh, ten games is seven two and one. So, you know what? The team's playing well. He's playing well. Everything's kind of coming together at the right time for them. And you know what? Just ride it. Ride the uh, the the uh, the uh, the benefits of what he's going to give you. So uh, that's Jeremy. That's yeah, ride it, bud. Um, so that's Jeremy Swayman. Moving on to my next one, Nick Schmaltz. So I'm going to admit right away, his seven point even last night definitely put him in contention for a beauty. <laughs> but the reason why I did want to hit on this guy um, is yes, I mean obviously seven point. You kind of you know we had to give the guy some kudos here at some point, whether that was just yeah. giving him a shout out or like I'm making him a, a beauty this week. Um, you got a six foot guy, 180, 181, 26 years old. So you still have a guy you can build around here if you're looking for uh, uh, um, some sort of production in in Arizona. Uh, Thirty six games played, he's got fourteen goals, nineteen assists for thirty three points. So after his massive evening, we're getting close to a point a game for him. And you know what? In Arizona, I think they'll they'll take it. Uh, you're looking at a, pl- yeah. a plus four out there, which to me I couldn't believe. Uh, and he, and he's playing he's playing almost 17 minutes a night. So you got a guy that's playing yeah. some decent minutes out there. And you know what? The thing that really got me with this guy is before he had this uh, this seven point outburst, uh, he was running running hot here with 10 points in his last eight games. So he's been he's a bit of a sneaky play in particular for your daily fantasy, and he has been for a few weeks now. So you know what? I mean, I've got it written down here that somebody's got to score in the desert, right? So, I mean, you got you got to pick somebody. Keller's another one out there. If if that's uh, somebody who's available, you may want to hook on him too. So, that's your uh, information on Nick Smaltz. Moving on, another player that I'm pretty bullish on, bud, and have been since his Vegas days. Alex Tuck, six four, two seventeen, big boy, big twenty boy, twenty four year, uh, twenty five years old. He's played 24 games this year, 7 goals, 16 assists for 23 points, plus 5, and this guy's playing some pretty big minutes. He's playing 1940 uh, on average a night. Uh, Of course, that could spill over depending on power play time as well because he's on the number one power play. And you know what? I've, like I say here, I've got it. I'm quite bullish on Tuck. I have been for a number of years. I mean, we all knew what this guy was. He was just buried in the third line in Vegas. I mean, the speed and the size of this guy. I yeah. mean, and, and 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 I find now that he's gotten that opportunity and he's obviously running with it, right? The kind of bonus about all of this is the guy actually wants to be a Buffalo Saber. He's, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Marty. He's from Syracuse, New York, right? If I'm not mistaken. So he's in his backyard, yep. you know, and, yeah. and, and just to talk about the type of player that you would have wanted to acquire in re- when you gave up Jack Eichel, right? Guy wants to be there, yeah. selling the community, yeah. comes out 24 games played. He's put up 23 points for you. He's a point a game player. So as it stands right now, you didn't lose anything in regards to Jack Eichel point production wise. No, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jack's probably running at what one point oh eight, one point one, whatever. But I mean, yeah. Tuck's come in there, filled in a first line winger role for you. He's dual eligible. Yep. He's dual eligible for you daily fantasy guys out there. So you know what? If he's sitting there and 
He was on Couldn't mine. Be happier. He was on. Oh God! I mean, and neither neither can the Sabers. I mean, you know, the blend of size yeah. and speed—it's a lethal combination. You got a kid twenty-five yeah. years old. The best is you have to come with this guy, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no matter if you're in a pool like us, where you know it's kind of a weekly thing, or if you can kind of in and out with these guys, you definitely got to be looking at Tuck right now. I don't care if he plays for the Buffalo Sabers; the guy's producing. So get out there, get him, do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it's worth it. He's he's proven it at this point. There, there's it's not a flash in the pan anymore. Like this is this is a legit thing, and I think you're right. I think the fact that he wants to be there is part of the reason why he's being successful. So that's a good pick. Well, you know what, Marty? Like I mean, he's that type of guy, and you know exactly what I'm going to be talking about. We'll go into our draft. Right, September comes around. We start doing our homework. Beginning of October, we start our draft. This is the type of guy. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at him. And they're going to be saying, "I think this guy may have seventy in him." I think he may have 70 yep. in him. This could be a 75 Put him on guy. the bench for a little while and just, oh, and just yeah. see if it's real. This and is, then when he when he starts to go, it's like, you know what? I'm going to start him this week. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm starting to benefit from this decision. You know, Let's you keep know it what, going. Marty, you know what, Marty? I'll put it this way, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He's that type of guy that somebody's going to grab in the draft next uh, um, next year in uh, in October. And he, they're gonna, they're gonna be hoping for that kind of seventy point secondary scoring kind of guy, right? Like that's yeah. that's exactly how they're gonna draft him. They're gonna be like, okay, I got my guys. I just want to yeah. be able to fly this guy in here if he has a four day or four game week yeah. or whatever the case, or yeah. got an injury or whatever. So you know what? Just yeah. I, all I have to say is get out there and get Tuck if you haven't already got him. In particular with Daly, I mean, I, in regards to trades and stuff like that, just make sure you're not giving up too much. But if he's sitting on the free agency yeah. uh, list. Go get him. Um, in in that was that's Tuck. In regards to uh, my beast for the week, I really couldn't decide, bud. So <laughs> so 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 I just kind of said to myself, you know what? There's a few things that are getting on my nerves this week, and one of them is st- uh, starting goaltenders who are struggling. I own two of them. Yeah, in, in you Cam- do in Campbell and Talbot. Hence the reason for my Vanishak trade. So you know yeah. what? Now listen. I think in the case with Campbell and Talbot, I think they, these are two goaltenders who could find their game. I really do, and I actually think they will. Yeah. Fi- and I actually think they will find their game. I do think. Have, having having said that, the reason I wanted to mention this this week is because you know what? The, the, these things just eat away at your your fantasy managers, right? And I mean, yeah. listen, listen, I've got both of these guys. It's kind of pigeonholed me a bit. I'm now down to kind of a Shesterkin and a Sorokin kind of thing. You throw Hart in yeah. there, but Philly hasn't been playing well. So you know what? Yeah. It, it kind of starts to play with your your GM, all the GMs out there. But what I will say is I'm going to turn this and I'm going to flip this a little bit, Marty. And I'm going to say, you know what? Whenever you have these things go on, you either do what I did and you start looking around for potentially something else that may be running better at the particular time, such as Vanacek. Okay. Or... Okay, yeah. It's giving opportunities to potentially some other guys that maybe maybe you didn't think that we're going to have as big of an opportunity. Now, maybe not exactly the best examples in Marazic and uh, Kakinen. Uh, 
backups for both Toronto and uh, Minnesota. Yeah. But you know what? Like, let's say case in point, maybe, you know, uh, something's going on with Bobrovsky. And let's say at the draft, you handcuffed him with Spencer Knight. Okay, well, now, you know, there could be a potential here where, you know, things may end up changing two and three months down the road here. And your team may have a different outlook because of it now. So, you know what? It's it's definitely maddening in in fantasy sports whenever you have yeah. an important piece that is struggling for your roster, right? But that's right. It gives you an opportunity to either do more homework, get out there, work harder to find something that can maybe help you out, or something happens to either your squad or. Maybe you see a, a kid who's doing well on another team now because a goaltender's injured. Maybe you trade for him. So there's always, there's always going to be a, a positive to the negative of, of a struggling goaltender, right? You're going to have some other options that are going to pop up out there. Some are going to run with the, the opportunity. Some won't. So you know what? As much as it's maddening to no end, and it has been for me for a couple of weeks now. I mean, Jesus Christ, I played Cam Talbot for a two-week period and didn't get a point out of him for two weeks, buddy. Oh, like, Jesus. like I can handle a week, but Cam, yeah. Cam, buddy. That's, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. saying, At buddy. least a point. So you know what? Like, <laughs> I, I understand where all those managers are coming from when you have st- struggling net miners, but you know what? Try and take it as a positive and, you know, We'll dig deeper, work harder to find make that some guy, lemons to find that, or, sorry, to find that guy that make you some either, lemonade. Yeah, man. To find that guy that you need, or you know, now something yeah. is gonna pop up that maybe you didn't foresee. So my beast yeah. is a bit of a positive this week, but it can be very maddening when you've got these struggling goalies. Yeah. Yeah, a struggling goalie is such a crucial part of goalies are such a crucial part of this t- league yeah. structure and everything. And quite honestly, in in almost all fantasy formats, so yeah, it's it's a big deal. So yeah, that's a good it's a good thing to point out. And that, folks, is show number Dznaf. Dznaf? Oh, I thought it was eighteen. Is it eighteen? It is eighteen, isn't it? Oh, it's eighteen. Yeah, well done though. Dzweet, Dzweet. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleague and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash twogalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time. We are the dream.